What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. So tonight is the 155th Belmont Stakes. I have Paul from Southie, Paul the Sports Encyclopedia and Sports Wizard here to talk about the Belmont Stakes, give his picks and his predictions. How are we doing today, Paul? Good, Joe. How are you, you doing today? Doing well. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure having the time uh, and talking sports with you. It's always great, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure you taking the time, so thank you. Uh, so we'll start off talking about the Belmont Stakes, maybe talk a minute about the Sox. So today, as I said, Belmont Stakes, 155th Belmont Stakes race will be tonight. 1.5-mile run, uh, dirt service, nine horses, and the record for it is 2 minutes and 24 seconds set by Secretariat in 1973. Nine horses, I'll give you their names and their post-position numbers. So number one is Tappet Shoes. Number two is Tappet Trice. Tappet Shoes, 20 to 1 odds. Tappet Trice is 3 to 1 odds. Number three is Archangelo, 8 to 1 odds. Number four is National Treasure, 5 to 1 odds. Number five is Il Miracolo. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Miracolo, there you go. 30 to 1 odds. Number six is Forte. Five to two odds. Number seven is Hit Show. Ten to one odds. Number eight is Angel of Empire. Seven to two odds. And number nine is Red Route One. Fifteen to one odds. A red route or red route? I guess it depends on the way people say it. But yeah, what part of the country you from? I'll say route. That's you know, it's just a football way to say it. Route or route? Yeah, route's probably a better way to say. It. I'll say red route one. Uh, but who do you have winning this race? Maybe give some thoughts of you know jockeys, trainers, owners, whatever you want to do. Well, I think the six, who's been off for two months, Forte, he's probably the best horse in the race based on ability. Um, he's got a top jockey, Irad Ortiz Jr., and I believe he's probably one of Todd Pletcher's um, several entries. And Pletcher, the train, has won this race, I think, five times. So it's shaping up to be a Forte race. Uh, the only drawback against him would be that he had two months off and coming off an injury prior to the Kentucky Derby or he was sick or something. Uh, he had to sit out the Preakness as well, but based on his numbers, he's the best horse. I'm pulling for him to win. I think the other chalk will probably come through with Tappet uh, Trice. Yep. And I think Angel of Empire ran ran a, a pretty good derby race with, I think, 20 horses in that race, and he came up for third. Um, if you want to try to make some money, you know, probably put on your uh, at the end of the ticket, you probably got to give Hitchell and Archangelo a, um, a chance. Because I think they're going to be double digits to one, maybe around 10 to one. That's what Hit Show is right now, 10 to one. And yeah. I do like Hit Show. I, I have Hit Show actually winning this race. I think Hit Show is a worthy long shot. I think Manny Franco, the jockey, has won this race maybe one or two years, a couple of years ago. So I always like a jockey who's won a race, especially like this, since it's a mile and a half, which is the furthest the horses uh, will run. Archangelo has a good, uh, good uh, note about him is that he won on this course just uh, May 13th. Um, so he's familiar with the track, the dirt. I think that that might give him a slight edge. So he might be worthy, maybe around 8-1 to one to show up on your ticket. But uh, I, I think the 6-2 are the favorites for a good reason. Throw in the 3-7, and seven, and that will round up my tickets. Uh, the only one I'm leaving out I'm worried about would be National Treasure, who's coming off a very big Preakness win. Solid jockey in Johnny Velasquez. I'm just concerned about... Um, He's probably going to have an early, uh, you know, he's a, he likes to go early. I just don't think he's going to be able to hold it, um, Only you know, coming off only a three-week uh, break since the Preakness. So there's his picks there. Obviously, like you said, Forte's probably the best over a horse, but hasn't ran in a while. Obviously, had a field drug test as well. Uh, they got Pletcher suspended at one point, right? It was in the, was it the, for the Preakness? I believe it was. I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember. I believe it was the Preakness. Let me see here. 
Preakness, Forte, suspension. But uh, like you said, now he's back running. Obviously, that's obviously a big ad there um, there in the race. Yeah, he was sus- Pletcher was suspended for Forte's positive drug test uh, at one point. So that was for the Preakness, Preakness, I believe. Yeah. So the Preakness, a 10-day suspension there. So that's the reason he was out of the Preakness, I guess. Um, but we'll see what happens, obviously, in this race tonight. First time running in a while, obviously, like you said, regardless of suspension or not, is his first time competing. Uh, I do like the seven-to-win hit show. Obviously, probably the best long shot. The biggest long shot, I guess, is Il Miracolo, 30-to-1, but and Tapachus is 20-to-1. Uh, and then next up is Red Route 1, 15-to-1 odds, and then you have hit show at 10-to-1. So hit show is my favorite of the long shots. I'm going to go 7-to-8 as my trifecta. I got hit show winning. I have Tapatrice in second, and I have Angel Empire in third. Angel of Empire is a solid horse. Again, ran a very good Kentucky Derby, coming from way back, like 16th on the backstretch to finish third. Um, one, one also significant point is, um, beside the jockey that has uh, won this race before, I like the fact that some trainers uh, can figure this out because this is the test of champions. Um, this, yeah. Again, it's a mile-and-a-half race. Long race, right? The longest the horses will ever race. Um, Definitely. I, I, you know, it, it's worth it to put Hitcho, uh, maybe he could steal this race. Um, I'm going to stick with Forte and uh, Tap It. Uh, tap It's got... Tap at it least, twice. Yeah, he, he Tap It, the, the, whatever you call it, he's the father of a lot of these horses that have won the, the Belmont. Yeah. I think he sired like half of the last 10 winners. So Tap It Trice and Tap It Shoes, both coming off the Tap It bloodline, have an edge. Um, Tapatrice, the one who I'm going to leave out, is no slouch. Could certainly make the ticket. I don't see him as a win contender, but he could certainly make the ticket. But I'm, I'm not going to bet the field here when there's so much strength in this race. But um, anybody from the Tappet bloodline is worthy in this race because Tappet has sired several Belmont winners in the last few years. So there you have it. There's the Sports Wizards' thoughts and predictions here on tonight's Belmont race. Now move on just a minute or two about the Sox. Sox had a big win last night, a big Friday night win over the New York Yankees, winning that game 3-2. Rafael Devis finally broke out of his slump, was 2-4 in that game, with two runs scored, a home run, and a double. Those two hits coming against Garrett Cole, his seventh home run now in his career against Garrett Cole, which is huge. Cole... Went six innings, seven hits allowed, two earned runs with six strikeouts and a walk, 101 total pitches. Garrett Whitlock on the mound of the Sox, six and third innings, giving up seven hits, one earned run, two runs overall with six strikeouts and one walk, 88 pitches. Nick Bavetta came out of the bullpen of the Sox, got two outs in a big situation, only took four pitches, got out of it, and then Chris Martin came in in relief, went one inning, scoreless, and then Kenley Jensen got the save of the Sox, one inning pitch, giving up two hits, getting a strikeout, and picking up a save there, uh, which is huge. Alex Verdugo was 2-5 for five in the game. Tristan Casas had some big hits, 2-3 for three with two hits coming against Garrett Cole, and then Kike Hernandez continues to rake against Garrett Cole, hit a home run last night as well. Big things there for the Sox, obviously. Now tonight, it'll be Tan Houck on the mound versus Domingo Herman. Herman, 369 ERA in 61 innings. As for Tan Houck, 3 and 5 record with a 546 ERA in 57 and 2 thirds innings pitched. Hopefully, Houck can get back to the stuff that we know he has. Obviously, he's done it uh, in flashes, but we need to do it consistently, especially with Chris Seal's injury. Uh, and obviously the Corey Kluber situation didn't work out. Nick Pavetta's now in the bullpen. The Sox need someone to step up. What do you think has to happen tonight for the Sox against Domingo Herman in the New York Yankees? The Yankees, who are without Aaron Judge, uh, that's one thing to note. Well, that helps the Red Sox as it did last night. Um, you, you like to continue the momentum. That was a huge win for a team that's 
you know, if they're lucky playing 500 ball in the last few weeks, um, having Adam Duval back in the lineup. That was huge, obviously, uh, yeah. It was huge, even though he probably didn't do it much with his bat. But, you know, he's got that home run power. Um, I want to continue the, the great out, uh, outing that um, yeah, Whitlock, Whitlock had. had. Whitlock Tremendous great, yeah. outing. I mean, they, 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 they barely touched him. So uh, I, I expect Hauk, I know he has great stuff, just like Whitlock. Uh, for some reason, Hauk, I think he starts off really well, but the second and third time through the lineup, I think uh, the batters seem to figure him out. So um, I think the most important point is for Hauk to get off to a good start and maintain that through the middle innings. And uh, hopefully the bats can wake up a little bit more. Hitting Garrett Cole, giving him his first loss. In, in seven uh, decisions was huge. Seven wins and now one loss. Yeah, yeah now one loss. So I'm, I'm hoping the Red Sox, you know, wake up a few bats. Good to see Kike hit a bomb, a tremendous home run last Tristan night. Casas played well, too. Casas got his average up over 200. So the bats do need to come alive a little more. I think Verdugo had a couple of hits last night. He so did let's, two for five, yep. Let's continue, um, you know, getting the bats alive again. Definitely. And like you said in there, obviously, Adam Duvall being back in the lineup is huge. He was over three last night, but seeing him back in center field is obviously a plus. Very good defensively as well. Probably takes some minutes, uh, some innings, I should say, away from Jaron Duran, which is tough, but maybe Duran will be back in the lineup tonight. We'll see. But that was a good thing for the Sox, so getting a win there last night. Justin Turner actually played very well as well. Had a couple hits. Uh, I believe he was 2 for 4 in the game, getting his batting average up to 260. And then you had, like you said, Alex Verdugo getting two hits, putting his batting average up to 288. Uh, so big win there for the Sox. Like you said, giving Garrett Cole his first loss of the season. He's now 7-1, 7-1, seven, 7 wins and 1 loss. Obviously big one there for the Sox. And for Tanner Houck, he's only gone over 6 innings, 3 starts in 11 this year. So hopefully he gets over that tonight uh, and finds a way to go into the 6th or 7th inning. That'd obviously be huge there for the Sox. But we'll see what happens there. And then one last thing I want to mention in is obviously tonight is game four of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Two to one now. Florida had a big overtime win, increasing their win total in overtime to seven wins now in the postseason. They are seven and zero in overtime games. Somehow found a way to win that last game in Florida. Tonight is game four in Florida. What do you think happens tonight? Does Vegas give it a three one lead or do they lose this game and, and it's evened up two two with Florida getting the win? Boy, that's a that's a great question. Um I know the Vegas is the more talented team, but the Panthers are just, just just that kind of team that they're, they're like a bug you can't squash. I mean, seven and zero in overtime games. They trailed that game two to one too after two periods. What an incredible record! Um, if I had to play the game, I'd, I'd probably say the Panthers will tie the series up. I, I again, I'm pulling for Vegas. I like Bruce Cassidy. He didn't fit here as well towards the end of his uh, run, but um, I think that you know eventually the talent will come and and Vegas wins this series. But it might take six or seven. So. I would say the Panthers are going to keep the momentum going and uh, tie this series up at two. Well, like you said, obviously the talent level, obviously Vegas has a much better team overall. If you look at Vegas in the first two games, they went 5-2 to two and 7-2, to two, so a combined score there, 12-4 to four in the first two games. They were even up 2-1 to one in that game in game three. Somehow, though, as Florida always does, they just find a way to win, scored a goal in the third period. Matthew Kachuk, his 11th of the postseason, and then... Carter Verhage had a goal in overtime to win the game there for the Panthers, his seventh goal in the postseason with an assist from our boy Sam Bennett. Uh, one thing you want to add in? Um, oh, it was about the Panthers and, and Knights. Oh, that yeah, the, the series so far reminds me of unfortunately the I mean unfortunately the Bruins and um, Vancouver series when the Bruins won the the games they the, um, what series am I thinking? Oh, the Blues. Unfortunately, the Bruins and the Blues. When the Bruins won the games, they won like seven to two, five to two. When the Blues won, it was a one goal game. All the close ones. So yeah. the the Panthers, if they if they stay alive, boy, how could you bet against them? 
in, in any kind of elimination game. And they've played great. They find ways to win, obviously beating the Bruins. Uh, that was a feat already, and nobody really thought they'd continue this run. And, and look at them now. They're in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's a 2-1 series with Game 4 at home there in Florida. So we'll see what happens. Now here is the Sox lineup. I wanted to give you that really quick. Verdugo on right, Yoshida on left, Turner DHing, Devis at third, Duval and Senna, Costas at first, Arroyo at second, Maguire catching, and Kike at short with Tin Houck on the mound. So yet again, another game without Jaron Duran in the lineup, which is tough. Uh, but we'll see what happens in the Sox game tonight. Like you said, though, for that night series, I think the Knights are the better team. I would have had the Knights winning in six games in my prediction if I got to record one before the series began. I'll probably stay with the Knights winning in six. I think the Knights win tonight in Florida, and then I'll have Florida winning game five in Vegas, and then game six I'll give to the Knights in Florida. So I have them each alternating wins there away and home there. So I have Vegas winning tonight in Florida. Then I have Florida winning in Vegas. Then I have Vegas winning in Florida. I'll go Vegas in six games. What do you like as a series prediction? Obviously, it's two to one now. What do you like for series uh, outcome, uh, you know, numbers-wise? I am going to say the Vegas will figure out how to beat this team when it matters, and they're, they're going to wrap it up in six games. Okay, I'm with you there. And then as for the other series, Miami Heat, now Denver Nuggets, three to one. Obviously, Denver getting that big win last night. Probably it there for Miami. But as Jimmy Butler always does, he finds a way to motivate the team. And he said, we just got to win three games in a row. And I'll stop with one game. That's just the main thing that happened. The main thing that you need to have is an attitude when you're down to series. You need one win at a time. It's the only way you can really get three wins is if you get that first one first. So if Jimmy and the he can find a way to win game five in Denver and go back to Miami in game six, that would obviously be huge. But I think Denver wins this series in five games. I think they wrap it up in Denver in game five. What do you think as a prediction, obviously, for game five in Denver? I would agree. I mean, I think Denver could have taken this team out anytime they wanted. They get big leads early in like the second quarter. They're up by 15 points. They let Miami steal one game. Um, but Denver's clearly a better team. Miami can't keep up with them on the boards. And Denver's just got too many weapons. Of course, they got the Joker in the middle who... Even if it's he great. doesn't score twenty, if he scores twenty points, he gets ten assists anyway. I mean, twenty three, twelve, and four last night with three blocks I mean, and three steals. Amazing talent. Murray's they can't stop him. I I think Denver's clearly the better team and should wrap it up in Game Five. They can beat him in a million ways, Denver. If you look at it, last night was not the best night for Jamal Murray shooting five of seventeen from the floor, two of three from three, had fifteen points, three rebounds, twelve assists, and a steal. And the Joker didn't have as good of a night offensively in points like he typically does. Only 23 points there last night. 8-19 with 4, 3-7 from 3. Michael Porter Jr. didn't do much on offense. 0-3 of from 3, 4-10 of from the floor for 11 points and 3 rebounds. But the Nuggets beat them with Aaron Gordon getting 27 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. 11-15 from the floor and 3-4 from 3 for Aaron Gordon. And then Bruce Brown off the bench, a Boston native, former U-Miami basketball player, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a block, and a steal off the bench. 3-5 from 3 and 8-11 of from the floor. They find ways to beat you, Denver. They find ways to beat you in many different ways. They got a lot of guys, yeah. I mean, Aaron Gordon... That, that was probably his high for the season, 27 points. It was. I think it was his high for the season. I mean, 27 points. He probably didn't average 15 points a game, and he comes out of nowhere last night. Right so around 15. They got a lot of weapons. Uh, right off they, they control the boards. They don't turn the season. ball over much. They can't start Murray. Um, Denver's easy in this series. I would agree with you then. Obviously, Miami, they find ways to scrap and, and find ways to win. Uh, but as of now, it looks like it's all Denver. And that was a playoff career high for Aaron Gordon, like you said. So 27 points there. For Aaron Gordon. As for Miami, they didn't really get as much from Jimmy Butler as they need. Only 27 points from Butler, one for three from three, nine to 17 in the floor, seven rebounds, seven assists, and a block. They need 35 
points if they want to win a game against Denver with Jimmy Butler. They need 35 from Jimmy. 20 points from Bam Adebayo. Max Strews struggled 0 for 4 from the floor, 0 for 3 from 3 with no points and 5 rebounds. Gabe Vincent only 2 points, 1 of 6 from the floor and 0 of 4 from 3. And then another role player for Miami, Kayla Martin had 11 points, 5 of 12 from the floor, 5 rebounds. Bam Adebayo had another good night, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block, 8 of 19 from the floor. But wasn't enough as Denver beats Miami 108 to 95, 13-point win there for Denver. Now going back to Denver with a 3-1 lead, 8.30 Monday night is Game 5. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Maybe Denver will close it out. But anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you so much to Paul the Sports Wizard for coming on. Much appreciated, Paul. Joe, always a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Have a good one. Take it easy, guys. Stay safe and stay well. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you.